Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and two weeks ago, I visited Portland to connect with a whole bunch of Leica animators, and it was really, 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 really neat. This chat features Future House Animation Studios director and animation supervisor Ryan Bird and their founder Adam Sidwell. In our chat, they're going to share how they've been building client projects within the metaverse, like virtual concerts, sales meetings, and games, and how they started working in VR in the first place, and how they get clients, and what they do, and all that fun stuff. But first, remember, I've been drinking Magic Minds productivity shots every day. Well, it's been two weeks now, and here's how it's gone. So I've really enjoyed making it part of my routine, which has just helped me structure my day a little bit better. You know, I have lunch, drink Magic Mind, get back to animating, etc. Overall, Magic Mind definitely helps with energy. I feel pretty good after drinking it, like the afternoon slump is kind of gone, which is nice. And I did mention that I did miss coffee, but I've gone back to drinking that as well, which gives me an extra boost of energy on top of Magic Mind, which really helps with the focusing throughout the day. So I definitely recommend Magic Mind if you're looking for something that will give you that extra energy boost and help you focus on your tasks. And as always, if you'd like to give Magic Mind a try as well, they're offering 20% off for one-time purchases and 40% off for subscriptions of their drinks to listeners of this podcast. And the latter, the 40%, only lasts for 10 days from this episode. So go to magicmind.co slash animation and use the code animation20 to get your Magic Mind discount drinks now. And I've included the links and more details of that offer in the description of this chat. So please go check that out. And now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Ryan and Adam. How are you, how are you guys doing today? Thanks for joining me. Really great. Thanks for having us on the show, Terry. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't chatted with a lot of uh, VR and certainly nobody in Metaverse uh, on this podcast. So I think it's going to be a, quite an interesting chat and I have a lot of questions. But before we dive into that, why don't we kind of give in... So I have two guests today, which is a little bit atypical. So why don't we dive into... Uh, one at a time. Ryan, why don't you start and tell me kind of, you know, what do you do and um, why are you why are you in a career of animation in the first place? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, I have been in this industry since uh, 1996. So I think about 26 years now. Um, started out as a as a modeler at a company called Viewpoint and uh, just worked into animation, rigging, texturing, uh, all sorts of fun stuff, even even uh, making toys at one point. So wow. uh, yeah, a lot, when of, say, lot of- When you say modeler, do you mean like 3D modeling, like in CG Max back in the day, or is this or is this like model making like physically? Um, 3D modeling. 3D modeling. Yeah. 3D modeling. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, and, and fashion modeling. You know, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, but but yeah yeah so, so yes 3D modeling and then got into it. all of all of my stuff kind of surrounds the 3D area and then and then when we got into toy or when I got into toys it was more uh, you know three, more 3D modeling but but then 3D printing into a physical object um, and uh, yeah I, I I got in this industry. It's something I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. I wanted to do something with art and cartoons and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, one of those get people that followed my dreams and I never grew up. You know, nice. all the toys back here. Yeah. Wow. Um, you, you know, your career is interesting because you started kind of, you know, when CG was 
back in the day, in the early days, I guess. How have you managed to, you know, keep up with technology in the times and also span into such like 3D printing and toys and, and uh, all sorts of different things? You've worked on movies and how have you kept up with the learning curve of this? Yeah, never stop learning. That's, what I have to do. you know, I, I, I have a hard time getting complacent and thinking, oh, I, I'm, I'm only going to do this. And, and uh, by, by continuing to learn, I'm not only keeping things interesting and keeping my attention going, but, uh, you know, I'm keeping up with everything that's growing. Nice. How do, I'm just curious, you know, how do you force yourself to learn something new if you're not particularly using it on your job? Like, like you said, 3D printing, for instance, you know, I'm sure you were in a career that wasn't using 3D printing at some point, and then you branched into it. How does that, did you kind of have it as a hobby on your own and, or I, did you kind of apply into something and have an opportunity to learn? Yeah, I, I actually had a job that helped me learn. Uh, I was working at a company called Deep Root and we were making, or I was making toys for pinball machines. And so uh, that actually, but it was something I was always interested in. And so that actually evolved into, uh, I started making my own little toys that uh, I joined up with my sister and we were making little toys for people to print out on their own printers. And wow. Yeah, it was a, it, it's a lot of fun, but but you know to to, to motivate myself, um, you know, like like I mentioned, this was something I've always wanted to do. So not only is this my job, but it's my hobby as well. I uh, you know, when once I'm done here, I like to do something artistic in some other realm. So so it's just I'm just constantly playing. Once you're done working, you like to work. It sounds like <laughs> that's Ryan. That's Ryan to a T. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about you know kind of what you're doing these days with Future House. So Adam, why don't we jump over to you and you know where did things kind of start from you and how did you end up where you are now? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. I started. Um, I started doing 3D in a modeling place as well um, called Zygote when I was in college. And they were they were actually broke off from viewpoint. So that's interesting. It's kind of kind of a similar origin story. Um, but they they were working on 3D modeling and that was a you know, that was my first part-time job in 3D. And then uh when I graduated school, I went to go work at Digital Domain uh on the movie iRobot. And that was my first feature film. And you know, I arrived in LA, was here to seek my fortune, look <laughs> with the the bright lights of the Hollywood sign above me, and uh and things were promising and exciting and shiny and bright. And then um, I started working as a uh, pipeline technical director. I, I don't even know if they knew what I was going to do when they hired me, except that I wrote code and I wrote some Mel scripts um, back when Maya was all Mel. Uh, and um, I wrote tools for publishing animation and for uh, setting up scenes and basically a bunch of pipeline stuff. And I didn't even know that was a job. And then I did some character rigging and I did some, um, uh, you know, even some effects. I had some effects shots. So I got to try out all sorts of things. They even had me try some look dev and I was really bad at that. Um, I, I didn't even know what look dev was, you know, I was just kind of muddling my way around. Um, and so, so that was, that was a really uh, like deep dive education in filmmaking, all the parts of it at, at digital domain, which is a good place. And um, we were, making some really awesome work. Um, so then I, I went over to uh, Weta after that, moved to New Zealand, got to work for Peter Jackson on King Kong. It was so fun. And, and that's when I decided, okay, I'm gonna do, going to do creatures. So long story short, you know, um, 
wandered around the various visual effects houses. You know, um, it was all, I, I almost feel like I was a, um, a a kung fu mass kung fu student learning from all the masters. You know, in the various places, and and then uh, went to ILM, went to Sony, did a little time at um, MPC. You know, just working on projects here and there, and meeting all sorts of people, finding all these different pipelines. Uh, and figuring out how it works and then um and then uh ryan and i met up like it was like five or six years ago i started working at a place um called within and they were a new startup in the vr space back in when vr was still it was like the second wave of, of vr newness you know, um, and it, a lot of investment money was getting thrown at VR, but it was starting to drop off a little bit. They'd raised a lot of money. There was a, a man named Chris Milk, who's a director of a number of music videos, started this company. And we started working on this um, game called, uh, it was a VR experience called Lamb Child Superstar. And there was a lot of character animation. And it was done in conjunction with um, OK Go, the band. And it was really fun. All these animals were playing all these instruments, very, very entertaining stuff. Can even find some videos online of it. Um, and so we need an animator. And so I uh, found Ryan and saw his reel. And I was like, oh, this guy's so cool. And it turns out he like lived down the street from me, which was really cool. Um, and so, cause I was, I was commuting um, at the time from Utah to Los Angeles. Like I would fly there every other week back and forth. Cause this is where my family was. Um, and we'd moved from LA and then I was flying back to LA. So, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. It, it was a deep dive into VR and into figuring out like, what are the unique aspects of VR and the user interface, the game design, how that differs from normal game design, how that differs from film. And I gotta tell you, it was like the hardest job I've ever had to get or the hardest job to get because, you know, it, as I was interviewing for it and talking about it, they're like, well, you're a movie guy. Can you do VR, right? Can you do real time? Your all your stuff was pre-rendered. And that was like the first time I'd ever heard the word pre-rendered before. And like, no, it's just rendered, you know? And they're like, no, 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 we're real-time rendered. I'm like, that's ah, all the same, right? Well, you know, it's 3D, right? Like it, character reading, animation, like it, it's, those principles apply, right? There's new things that you're going to learn as far as like the tech art and as far as methodologies for rendering, but it's, it's, it's new software. And so um, I jumped in and wrote some tools and uh, was the animation director there and hired animators and got people together. And we built this thing out with some cool, really cool people that I got to work with. Um, and, and you know, fast forward a couple of years later, uh, Ryan and I worked in another studio and then um, that studio was um, folding and downsizing. And so I started uh, Future House and here we are making a lot of cool VR um, games uh, film, TV, animation, all across the board, whether it's real time or pre-rendered or offline. Yeah, that's, that's quite the journey. I, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit and just kind of ask you about more of the journey aspect. It sounds like you were going from studio to studio constantly. Was that because of just contracts or were you looking for something or just the nature of the business? And also, how does it feel to also always be jumping into studios constantly? I guess both of you throughout your career yeah. have done that. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it was just because I kept getting fired. No, I'm just kidding about that. But um, uh, it's because it's almost like, you know, you're like wandering around. You're like Siddhartha seeking the true meaning of life by wandering from place to place. I was seeking the true meaning of computer graphics. Um, so 
it, it was it was actually really very cool because um I, you know i i guess it's part of my entrepreneurial spirit you know i have a hard time settling down and so uh the first time you know was a year-long project at digital domain the second was a year-long project at weta and then after that i would i wanted to go learn from all the different studios like i got so excited when i would get to go to a new place i'm like oh i haven't tried sony yet let's see how they do things over there and you know i I've had uh, a lot of VFX artists refer to it as chasing movies too. Um, you're like, oh, that product sounds so cool. I want to go do that. And so they, you know, have moved all over the world from London to Singapore to Australia, back to LA, you know, up to Vancouver, you know, chasing movies like, oh, this, this movie's going on right now. I really want to work on that. I'm going to yeah. work on that. And, and if you're young and single, you have that, you know, mobility, um, and so I, I was at the time and, uh, and now I have, you know, I now I have a wife and kids and so life changes and it's a little bit different, but it was a fun, it was a fun learning experience. And, um, and I, I really, it was, it was funny because the studios would say, Hey, so do you want to stay? You want to like a staff position? And I'd be like, nah, I'm going to go, you know, travel or try another place soon. Right. And, and I, I really valued that time in between where I could work on my own projects. I could figure her out you know, test my own theories. I started writing a lot. I started, you know, a, another company before Future House Studios. Um, and so that was that was an opportunity to explore and, and, and learn from so many people. And that's actually coming to play a lot now from the studios because I'm always calling up old friends from the various places I worked who are either coming to work for us, referring somebody, bringing us jobs, networking, or, you know, calling up a producer yesterday. Hey, how did you do this one thing? And, you, you know, people are so willing to help. And it's awesome because we've I've built this network of friends and colleagues. Oh, wow. So I, I want to ch chat about, um, you know, Future House a little bit. How how big is the company right now? Because it's fairly new, right? Like you said, you started another company before and then you started Future House and you've worked on a whole bunch of projects. So how big is, is the team? And like, what does the structure look like? Because I've talked to a lot of kind of newer studios that kind of take this you know, uh, build up a freelancer roster route when they get a big project and then scale down to like nothing when they when they don't have a project. So I'm just wondering, how does, you know, Future House look? Well, that's uh, it is similar in a lot of ways to that because that's that's really the model. That, so the model to thrive and survive and to grow in um, this industry is to be flexible on headcount. Uh, so right now we have about 10 or 11 full time employees um but then we have about another 40 uh contractors who are working on various things the, the difference is they're around the world they might be working on something for a couple of weeks or a couple of months at a time um and they're they're you know we're bringing them in for a specific school skill set they work remotely um and then they plug in as needed and we bring them on for various contracts and so Sometimes that comes down to, you know, there's like 25 hit count, right? And then, and then right now, if you add the 10 and the 40, it's around 50. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, you've been <laughs> to every studio in the world, it sounds like. What are kind of the biggest takeaways that you took when building your own studio? Like that you, you, you know, like you would hit the ground running and be successful. What was the kind of one of the biggest things that you focused on to make sure that you would be a success and you would get kind of unique client projects and be able to, Hire and sustain 11, 10, 11 people. Um, so I, I think I think one of the biggest things is uh, 
you know, coming up with an efficiency. Uh, you know, if I if I learned from the different technologies, I saw all those pipelines. Now, granted, we're still building out our pipeline, you know, making it more robust. But at least there's that workflow, and, and it's getting there. We're, it's really it's really great the things that we can do. But there's a workflow there, an understanding of like, hey, you've got to set templates up of how things work, uh, whether it's in the the workflow for how the studio operates, but also in the workflow or the templates for like how you bring on a contractor and how, what that process looks like. We're always improving those processes and that's important so that you can like plug in and rinse and repeat. Um, you know, so in other words, you, you gotta have a, a solid, here, here's a contract that you get. Here's how you log in. Here's how you um, use the system. Here's how you, um, uh, you know, you you log your time. Here's when you get paid. You know, just all those systems are really important so that people can have a good experience and that we can be highly scalable. Um, and then we have people in place who are trained to to handle those various aspects. Gotcha. So is 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 it fair to say like most of your time is actually spent running the company, but rather than like doing kind of the artistic direction and whatnot, like Ryan does. Uh, absolutely. Ryan, like it's the Ryan Birds of the company that is the, the the product that people are coming to. And I'm the sort of air traffic control, like go over this, you know, we got to go this way. Uh oh, we got a fire to put out over here. Or we're all moving this way for strategy reasons. We're going to do, you know, we're focusing on more game development this month because that's where we've had the most response. Um, I, I told myself when I started the company that. Uh, I was going to make sure that I allocated time and resources to business development, that that was a big part of it. Um, because you got Ryan over here who's like, Ryan's an awesome generalist. Ryan, is not only is he an, a very, very good animator, but he rigs, he models, he does all these other things that are just incredible. And so if I'm out there running around getting, saying, hey guys, we can do all this awesome stuff because Ryan can do it, right? And then we also have, you know, Jacob, Mike, um, a whole slew of very talented people, uh, Dakota, Tony, Weston, you know, there's just all these great people who are, um, who are uh, creating the product, right? But then we have others who are going out and making sure everybody knows that, um, that we have a product that we can create. Gotcha. I'm wondering if you can, maybe this is more of a question for Ryan, because it sounds like you're in the, you're kind of deep into the animation aspects of these projects. You know, <clears throat> how, how does virtual reality kind of, you know, the animation and art direction and whatnot differ from, say, a film or just a regular video game? Like, can you kind of take me into the ins and outs of how you would, uh, you know, supervise the animation of a VR project when, somebody can maybe walk around and look at all angles and, and like, is it, is it that much difference than, you know, there, something yeah, else? <laughs> there is a lot of difference. Um, you know, with, with a movie, uh, you're, you're animating to the camera. Yeah. And like you said, with VR, you're animating to everywhere. You know, if you can walk around something um, uh, or you can, you know, see things from all different angles, you want to make sure that it looks good and believable from from all angles. And there's there's a lot of cheating that that goes on when you're animating to a camera versus uh, animating to uh, to you know any angle that that can be seen. And so yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, steps that we take. You know, not only you know in the animation, but as well as modeling, um, texturing, rigging. All of that stuff requires different. Um, 
different things that we can and can't do uh, for for a movie. You know, we're doing a movie rig. We can do all the joints in the world. We can have all different effects on it and everything, and and we don't worry about it. Um, once it goes into an engine, you know, for games or VR or anything, uh, all of a sudden you've got a ton of restrictions depending on what that platform is. And, um, you know, you'll have people come to us or we'll have people come to us and we'll say, all right, well, I want this character to be very elastic and everything. And, and, you know, which is, which is really easy when you're, when you're working on movie stuff, cause you can add a billion joints and, and, but then when you're working on uh, a, a game, or, or or other engine platforms, you run into the well. Let's see, these are these are our limitations. But one of the, one of the great things about what we're doing right now is that we're we're pushing those limits. We're we're taking the limits that we have, and we're trying to say, okay, let's see how close to a movie we can get in within the platforms. And so um, that's one of the challenges uh, that that are fun for us to figure out as well as, you know, clients come and they're like, we don't even think that this is possible. And we're like, we'll make it possible <laughs> or, we'll, or we'll die trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, you know, how does classic cinematography and like composition and stuff play into VR when you can't, uh, you know, you can't really set up a shot for one camera angle. How do you make sure that a viewer is experiencing, you know, a super aesthetic pleasing, making sure that they see all the key moments of, uh, you know, the event or whatnot that's taking place, they're not turned around or something like, how do you, how do you make sure that the person is having, you know, an artistically designed uh, cinematography experience in VR when you can't control what they do? That, so that's such a good question because you do have that issue of like, you can look all over the place. So we, we, um, we just completed a, um, a game uh, called Transformers Decepticon Invasion. And we were working with Dark Slope and uh, VR Studios to build this game for Dave and Busters. And with all the animation, we had to design, you know, where's that camera looking, right? And, and you, you can't make someone look the way that you want them to, except by subtle cues of like sound or action. Um, and you say, you know, if you want them to look over in this direction, you've got to have some big motion over there that attracts their attention. So it's almost like you're framing the whole thing um, with these subtle cues so that you're uh, encouraging the player to look in the right place. So you can design that whole aesthetic around it. Interesting, that, that makes a lot of sense. Are you kind of creating like rules and formulas for this? Like, you know, having a sound or a big action lead them to that direction, make sure they're looking there makes a lot of sense, but it's it's kind of, you know, this this, uh, space that traditional, you know, storyboarding and whatnot doesn't have, hasn't really figured out how to teach or formula yet. So are you kind of coming up with these rules and whatnot on your own? Or are you looking for examples? Or are you still just following basic animation principles of like, you know, action and movement? It, it feels a lot of it feels, you know, intuitive when you're in the, in the moment and you say, okay, how can we get this, you know, get the viewer to look over here. So for example, there's a spot, a point where you're with Bumblebee on top of a building and then Starscream comes out. So you wanna make sure that people are looking at Starscream when he emerges. And so um, you could do things like, you know, have uh, arrange the, the objects on the building. So they're kind of pointing in a wedge toward where you want someone to go. You know, it's a lot of subtle level design and, and um, cues that happen like that. Another example was actually the project that Ryan and I worked on when we were at Within 
uh, I was animation directing that one. And um, there was this moment where this cow comes out. He's called the Holy Cow. And it's like at the end, but you just, there was this, he was just a cow standing on a pedestal with this big climactic moment. These pipes come out, folding out all over the place. And um, the uh, these curtains unfold and it's this gigantic spectacle, right? But if your back is turned to it, you're not going to see it. So there's some noises that are going on and um, that, that draw you over there. And then that spectacle draws you in. So, you know, oh, this is the place that I'm supposed to be looking and it's theater, you know? So you got to think of it as like theater in the round, but mm -hmm. you're sitting in the center in the, in the theater tower. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering, you know, when you're when you're hiring for these projects, uh, because like even when you said you were it was, getting the VR project was your hardest hire, what kind of skills are you looking for in artists that, you know, have maybe worked in video games or traditional media or movies or whatnot? Are you looking specifically for people who have VR experience? Or are you looking for, you know, art animators who have this kind of skill to draw your eye and, um, you know, build build spaces and whatnot? You know, I, I think we're looking for anyone who's a great animator. The rest, we can coach them and, and treat and, and guide them along the way. What, what do you think, Ryan? I was just going to say that, you know, what it, it's, a, it's a lot of us, you know, pointing them in the right direction, just taking somebody that already has the skill set and then, you know, saying, hey, this is the way we're going with it. And, yeah. and sometimes for them, it's, you know, you know, if they if we get somebody that's worked on nothing but movies, we'll bring them in there and. And they'll be like, whoa, this has to look good from every angle, How did, you know? And and so it's it's just, but but they pick up very quickly. Okay, nice. Do you see this kind of, you know, is the is the marketplace picking up in terms of demand for VR artists and VR projects? Because like, you know, I, I went to a VR video game actually last week and uh, I, <laughs> to be honest, I felt kind of overwhelmed because there's just aliens flying at you from every direction. I didn't know where to look. I was just shooting everywhere. And my friends were all like running around. And by the end, I was just so stressed. <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> that's a side note. But um, do you see, you know, the market like really expanding from your view now that you're actually in the thick of it and creating these spaces? Like, is there is there growing, is there a growing natural market for this? Or is it, you know, um, it's kind of still in its infancy or, you know, certain pro only certain projects or something. So there was something interesting announced in the recent um, Meta Connect conference that, and let me see if I can get this right, um, but out of uh, the all the games on the Oculus store, one out of three had made a million dollars or more. Huh. And I think there were only 400 games on the store. So 150 or something. Right, right. So so with that, what that tells me is there is an opportunity to build those games yeah. um, and to, for a developer to be able to recoup their costs and make some money. That's what makes them want to go do the next game and hire you know, 10 more animators and then go to the next game and hire 10 more animators after that. So if there's a, that shows me that there's a growing demand for virtual reality. Um, it's, it hasn't exploded yet. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, it will not explode until it's super convenient and very cool um, for users to jump in there. The Oculus Quest was a big step in that direction. As you know, 
those stats indicate to me that it's moving in the right direction and that those are, those are promising. So does most of your you know client work kind of come from stuff like Dave and Buster's versus like Oculus games or whatnot? So many different things. Uh, so interestingly enough, we do a lot of corporate. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, really, really fascinating things. You know, we'll have uh, corporations come to us and th there was a fintech company that came to us and said, hey, we've all been locked away from each other during the pandemic. We'd love to get together. We're going to send VR headsets to everybody in our company and have them join in a custom world in two weeks. You ready? And we go, whoa, hold on a second. Whoa, two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> two weeks. So we put together an entire experience and we built it off an existing platform um, where everybody got together and it was uh, actually a custom world that we designed and built and then dropped into alt space. And so everyone jumped into alt space and they were playing games. They were um, exploring this world. They were dropping off of bridges and, and finding hidden um, hidden characters. And it was so cool to see because people were laughing their heads off. You had these executives at this fintech company who were dancing around, you know, um, and having the time of their lives. Because when you're in VR, you're like it's like you become a kid again, you know, and yeah. it's just awesome and cool. And so it, it was like this Mario Land with all these floating islands and. So, so applications like that have come to us a lot as um, as companies are looking to get into VR and provide a cool experience for their employees. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I've actually attended a couple of online conferences where like breakout rooms are actually like your little avatar and you walk around and like you can talk to people and play games and music and stuff, which has been which has been interesting during the pandemic. <laughs> but it makes sense because a lot of companies are working remotely. So do you see kind of this corporate um, corporate market for VR expanding a lot faster than kind of video games? Because it sounds like like a corporation has much more uh, financial freedom to send all their employees VR kits versus like your average consumer buying an Oculus Rift. I, I mean, video games is huge, right? Like it's just a $200 billion industry. There's like so many people playing video games and that's always increasing yeah. like Gen Z's engagement with video games is like off the charts compared to the previous generation. Um, but corporate is a huge opportunity. You know, people are doing trainings. Um, yeah. they're, they're teaching people how to operate in high, dan high danger situations in VR before they get there, like on oil rigs or mining or other places. And so that's fascinating because VR provides that ability. I didn't know. So you can like, you're trained to be on an oil rig in the, in the middle of the ocean and you hop into your VR headset first to like yeah. kind of get some experience. Interesting. Interesting. You also work with the metaverse. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Ryan, do you want to take that one? Sure. Um, we all know that the, the metaverse is new. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that we're all trying to feel out and, and we see it as a very exciting opportunity to, get in there and not only uh, help shape what, what the metaverse is, but also um, uh, be, be a part of the growth and, and seeing the new things that are coming, you know, not only from, uh, you know, the social media side of it, but the game side of it. Uh, we're, we're, it's very exciting. Um, and, and, and again, it's in its infancy and it's still growing, but it's, it's a very, awesome experience and um you know we're seeing everything from vr to ar to xr and and even 
you know, just uh, games, uh, people connecting, just, it, you know, how could you not want to be a part of that? It's just amazing. Right. Can you, can you maybe define what that means a little bit more? Like, what are you, what are you specifically doing with the metaverse? Like, what is your, what is your, I guess, you know, if you were to focus on this as a business, what is the goal with growing with the metaverse? Does this mean you're partnering with, uh, you know, Facebook or you're creating stuff that fits into the metaverse or uh, like, I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> we're, we're partnering with a lot of uh, companies. Um, uh, no, uh, yeah, well, we can't necessarily say right, a lot right, of course. Who we're partnering with, but but we're finding a lot of interest in it, and uh, the, the, those those partnerships are partially helping to design. You know, what do we do? You know, how how do we engage people? How do we bring people into it? And um, you know, we I'll let Adam speak to this, but we've we've done a few things on our end to kind of help. Uh, push that and and see you know people say oh there, there's a need for this there, this is this is where people want to be and so uh, uh, as far as, uh, but but as far as you know specific people we're dealing with it's it's surprisingly a lot of companies are very interested in this and and because it's new we're not hearing a lot about that right now but but we will soon right. you can think of like the metaverse as every web page that you would visit instead of a web page it's a full-blown video game you know or at least a casual video game where so like you... i go to wikipedia and try to learn about like the titanic or something right you could actually traverse the titanic and see it <laughs> like, so i'm on the titanic now <laughs> yeah welcome to the titanic good luck you know um but the, but that's that's the exciting thing about um the what the metaverse offers is full immersion and interaction. You know, I always use this example for people like, let's say you're a World of Warcraft fan. I actually worked on the movie Warcraft, um, but I ask people, okay, so how many hours have you spent watching the movie? And they'll say, oh, I watched it like 10 times. I love that movie. Okay, so you spent 20 hours watching that movie. How many hours have you pl spent playing the game? If you're a World of Warcraft game fan, you know, and it's like thousands of they're hours. like, do you mean years or hours? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. And it adds up. And so that's because um, games are so engaging. They they keep our attention. We have these um, game wow. loops or game loops that we want to be in. And so brands, we talk a lot with brands of, who want to be in the metaverse and they come to, to us to figure out, like, how do I do this metaverse thing? And we propose to them some creative concepts like, okay, well, we create you a world that's heavily branded, that's centered around your product, that's exciting and fun for people to go to. Um, Nike has done this in Roblox. Uh, they've done a very successful metaverse in, in Roblox. Um, Walmart did. You say, when you say metaverse in Roblox, are you talking about like the, the Facebook metaverse in Roblox or the concept so, of so metaverse, like having metaverse, a when I say the metaverse, I'm applying it much more generally. Like ah. Facebook has Meta, they have Horizons World, and that's their version of the metaverse. Gotcha. Everybody else has got metaverse applications, and so Facebook doesn't own the metaverse. I right? see. I see. Okay. Okay. It's it's a good but a lot of a lot of groups have their their. I mean, Facebook wants to be the metaverse, right? Yeah. So everybody. you're talking about like when Fortnite did like a concert, or like Roblox did like a yes. yeah. Okay. Got yeah. It. So that so. The metaverse term can be applied broadly to any type of 3D interaction that people are going to 
that's um you know that, that differs a bit from a game right because you have a game where you know let's take like um uh let's take like call of duty right like that's a very dedicated core game loop whereas you have the metaverse it's more it's usually more casual it's usually more social it's less about um one core game loop and story and more about open world exploration or um casual gaming gotcha so when you're talking about you know every web page and brands and stuff because brands have always even just been making their own video games like i remember like playing like nintendo there's a mcdonald's game where you're like jumping around and then there's like a recycling level like it's always been happening so do you see brands more of like sticking themselves into social gathering places in the metaverse or creating specific spaces for them to absolutely 100 percent. so for example uh to go back to the meta example so in meta created in horizon worlds the wendyverse with <laughs> and i don't know if you've heard about this but it was pretty amazing because about 52 million people saw that and so by some counts it was 600 million yeah. and impressions and you would go into this thing you put your vr headset on you walk in and there's this land with wendy's hamburgers and you think oh that's so dumb that's so boring and yet you go there and it's kind of delightful because you're you're playing these mini games there and there's actually other people there and you're like what are you doing here i don't know i'm just checking this out this is kind of cool you know and you're exploring it together and then you walk back in and you can like get behind the counter and serve up some fries if you want you know and then if you go into the break room and you open the refrigerator, it teleports you to this other place where you can take some cool selfies. You can go to the biscuit dome and play basketball. So it's just, it's nonsense, but fun, yeah. right? And, yeah. and people are finding that they engage like that. And so Roblox is very similar to Roblox. Everyone's going around playing different Roblox games. They're just having fun, trying things out. And um brands are finding that this is a good way for people to engage with their brand especially if you like that brand right like nike you know people like nike and so they're like oh i'm gonna go to this nike world and check this out this is gonna be fun yeah how, i'm wondering you know how does the uh like sales process differ from you know movies have producers and giant investors and distributors and tv shows have broadcasters and governments uh, government grants and funding. How, how are you getting, you know, clients for VR projects? Like, what, like, are you going to sales conferences where a lot of businesses are looking for innovative marketing techniques? Are you just your phone is ringing off the hook? Do you have like a dedicated sales team to go out and find these projects, or is it word of mouth? Like, how do you, how did you get? Other than you know the first VR project you were brought on, how have you been able to continue to make this a business for yourself? Uh, so a lot of it is word of mouth. Uh, people come to trust what we've done and then they come back with new projects and they say, oh, you, you worked really well with us on this. Let's have you do something new. Uh, let's have you let's have you try this next one. Uh, you know, we're we're at conferences a lot to meet people. We uh, like what, what, what kind of conference would you go to? Oh, so for example, like uh, Augmented World Expo, yeah. that's really centered around augmented reality. Um, and so we do a lot of AR work. We work a lot on 8th Wall um, to do web AR. We do other uh, AR applications for people. We've won some awards from Niantic for some of our work, which is really cool. Um, and so we, um, you know, we're always, we, you got to talk about it. You know, that's the funny thing is if you don't talk about it, then uh, people don't hear about it. And so 
I usually make a post on LinkedIn every day to just tell people what we're doing or what we're up to or hey guys. <laughs> yeah, hey guys. One of the things I want to add too is that we have, and Adam won't say this, but we have a killer dev team, uh, a business development team, uh, which is led up by Adam. And um, uh -huh. guys, uh, you know, they are so good at get going out there and bringing in that work. Um, that, you know, Adam's got a lot of great, you know, he's been in the industry forever. So he's got a lot of great relationships. And we've, we, you know, we have people that hear his name and they're like, oh, absolutely. Where do I sign up? And so, so, but, but we, you know, we've got, we've got a great team. We've got, we've got Kenton and, and Dakota and Robert uh, and Eli that are all just that, 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 you know, they just it blows me away how, how good they are at this. Cause that's just something that I'm not, I'm not a good salesman. And so, to, to have them go and, you know, just, it, it, it takes a big team to do that too. And so I, I, I wanted to point that out as well. Nice. I'm wondering, you know, Ryan, while, while I have you here, <laughs> um, I'm wondering, you know, from like an artist, artistic standpoint, are there any things that about VR, AR that you uh, have it, that you haven't integrated from traditional animation mediums that you still want to see happen? I mean, you mentioned kind of restrictions with uh, some of the animation and what you can do, but are there things that you miss about working in, you know, TV, movie, game land that VR and AR hasn't hasn't integrated yet? That's a good question. Um, I, I think some of the some of the bigger things that I miss is the control that you get with um, using unlimited joints and and using different, you know, uh, clusters and and. Yeah blend shapes and and I mean we can use blend shapes but using all of these different things to to make a character really come to life and 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 to really sell it um but we're, we're starting to get there though I one of the things that we're seeing especially with Unreal 5 is that there there are some things that we're able to do that were just there there's just no way if you would have told me 10 15 20 years ago Hey, you're going to be able to do what you can do in Unreal Five, which you know a lot of that is you know really crazy amount of poly uh, polygons and 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 joints and stuff like that. I'd have thought you were crazy, you know, <laughs> like there's just no way. But but that's the exciting part about this is that we're we are slowly moving into to being you know catching up, uh, getting real time rendering stuff like that. The, the stuff that. I, I really missed in, you know, incorporating into that is starting to happen. And, and as we keep going, I, there'll, there'll be a time where you can't tell the difference, where you can't tell the difference of something that was rendered in real time and rendered on in, in the movie. So very exciting. Sounds like it's exciting just to be part of the journey. I'm wondering, you know, if somebody's listening and uh, either they haven't started yet or they're, you know, in a, in a career in TV or movie or video games or something else. What is, what is the one thing they can do maybe like right now to move into VR, into the VR AR space with people like, you know, working with people like you, what's, what's like the number one thing that you kind of look for when you're hiring or working with people that um, people who want to move into the space can, can do. We, we love people that we love artists that, that know how to use Unreal and Unity. That makes sense. <laughs> we we love that so much, um, and you know, just even even you said in Unity, yeah, Unity and yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, there there are several other things like uh, platforms like Eighth Wall, which is is more centered around AR, uh, but but you know, just 
an artist that can go outside their comfort zone. A lot of time, you know, we'll get artists where like, oh no, that's that's outside of the art realm. I don't want to touch it. But but really it's not. You know, it's a lot of a lot of what you're doing in Unreal and Unity is it really, you know, a big part of it is is art. It's it's making things work and not only work, but look good. And so um that that's one of the main things that we love to hear is like, oh I I'm you know, I've done this and I've played in Unreal for this long and I've got the experience with VFX and lighting and stuff like that. that those are things that's music to our ears. <laughs> so grab a, grab a download Unity or Unreal and just start playing around and see, see what's up. <laughs> if you can come to us and make like a beautiful scene that's well lit in Unreal and you fly the camera through there, our jaws will just drop and we'll cry and we'll say, you're hired, you know, like <laughs> through tears, you're hired. You know? Yeah, it's that understanding of how to use all the tools, like the the, the pre-existing assets, like like what can you do with the mega uh, scans and how can you use the asset store in Unity to, to just build? Um, you don't have to make it all yourself, but you have to have an understanding of how to assemble that and make it look really good. Totally. That's, that's wow. tech artists, right? Like, like we always need good tech artists. Nice, nice, nice. Um, besides, you know, kind of the technical skills, are there types of personalities that really fit well with with this type of work? I mean, Ryan, you said you're always kind of curious and always learning. I'm sure that's a big plus, but is, you know, is there a certain type of person that really excels in this area? But people, we always love, love people that come in with a can-do attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there have been a few people that we've hired you know, they, they may have not been the most talented people, but their attitude was that if, if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. And that goes a long way, you know, because, you know, that the, the, the talent and the skills we can help teach and train, but that kind of attitude is a lot harder to, to teach. And so when somebody comes in with a, with a great attitude, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll do what it takes to get the job done. Then, then we know that we've got somebody that's going to succeed and yeah. and yeah that, that's a big thing for me that makes, that makes a lot of sense yeah for me too i love it i love it when somebody just comes in and says okay i'm so excited to work let's let's make something awesome and and uh you can throw an assignment at them and and they may not know how to do it but they'll figure it out and they'll and they'll work with us and they'll say, oh, I don't know how to do that. And we'll say, okay, well, let, let's get this person over here who knows how to show you a couple things. And then someone who can do research, someone who can, um, who's willing to try. You know, I've had, I've had artists that we've hired before who said, oh, sorry, I, I don't do that. You know, and why would you work with us? <laughs> we're a small shop, right? They say, I'm an animator, but I don't animate cameras, right? Or just as, yeah. as an example. Um, and we said, well, the job right now that we need done is animating cameras. So, you know, if if there's no character animation right now, we can't keep floating you on on the payroll, right? And so, come animate some cameras, right? And and we love it when people do that and they jump in and they say, oh, but next I want to learn rigging, or I want to learn how to make great topology for models, or I want to learn the tech art, how to do this in Unity, how to like hook up the um, the uh the animation blend trees in unity so that that works properly you know like all of those things are those those people who are um willing to challenge themselves they become better artists because they can make beautiful things it doesn't matter they have more tools to do it 
Yeah. So as long as you have like the basic, you know, artistic and technical skill set in a in a really can do learning and collaborative uh, mindset, it sounds like like you'd be a good fit for working in this type of scenario. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Make us with the great reel, and then work with us to make it even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe as we're just wrapping up, you know, you both of you guys have been around town when it comes to animation and projects and you know working on really really cool stuff and you both ended up in vr i'm wondering in ar you know what what's next for you guys where do you see kind of you know is this like you've reached the thing that you've finally found that has answered all your questions with animation and art or are you is this another stepping stone to something else in the future well uh that's a that's a really good question you know i know for future house we're we're now stepping into the world where we're going to be developing our own products, not just doing service. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're making some of our own creative work, you know, and that's going to have to do with, um, with uh, you know, IP, creative IP, uh, but also, you know, real world metaverse applications, some things that we think are going to be really fun for people to play and dive into. And so keep watching because we'll have some cool announcements as we start to build those things out and have more show for sure brian did you have anything you you know wanted to add to that that big question i just asked yeah no i (laughs) um, arrived yeah (laughs) we we've well like i mentioned before we we don't want to be complacent we want to continue to grow we will we'll master the things that are in front of us and then we'll continue to the next thing. And if there isn't a next thing, we'll make one up and we'll, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But, but that's, that's one of the great things about future house is that we are always doing new things and we're always looking to the future, which from the name you can. <laughs> future, future new things, looking forward house. That's what you should. That's right. That's right. Studio to me. <laughs> And a house is, you know, it's a collection of people all um, who are trying to go, think of it like a house in Harry Potter, right? A house of yeah. like-minded people all st- headed towards the same goal. Totally, totally, yeah. Um, you know, as, uh, kind of we're wrapping up. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with those listening who, you know, are super interested in AR or VR or just uh, anything else we chatted about, do you think? Um, go out there, start building, keep building, keep learning. Nice, nice. We'll see you soon. I'm sure we'll run into you. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? Uh, same, you know, it's just get out there and, you know, if, if this is something that you're passionate about, you know, learn it and, and learn, learn it every which way that you can. And there, you know, there'll be opportunities. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ryan and Adam, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, you know, I've, I've uh, I've enjoyed picking your brains about, you know, kind of the metaverse and, and what's going on there. It's been super interesting to hear. And um, I hope we see a lot more of your future house, future projects very soon in the future. <laughs> <laughs> to the future. To the Thanks future. Us on the show. Appreciate it. Of course. Of course. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, check out or follow future house or Ryan and Adam, I'm going to include their Twitter, Instagram, their website, which is uh, future house. Uh, studios.com and their LinkedIn's in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.